Welcome to Common Ground, a talk show encouraging debate and a deeper understanding of hot-button topics in the German capital and beyond. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi Nelson. If you like music and dancing, Berlin has a club for you. At least it used to until the pandemic struck. But now that it looks like there's light at the end of the tunnel, will Berlin's iconic nightlife return? We found out in a live special with Germany's top electronic music station. Common Ground Special on Sunshine Life. Restart. How Berlin's club scene is coming back to life. I moderated the three-hour on-air program this month on Friday the 13th, no less, and spoke with DJs, club officials, and more. In this Common Ground episode, we'll bring you the highlights. One guest was Berlin Parliament member George Kressler, who is with the Green Party. He's the Berlin club culture spokesman for his faction. I asked him what the city government has done to help these clubs these past 18 months. Well, for us as a progressive coalition, it was clear from the beginning we have to support our culture and especially our club culture because it's part of Berlin. So we said we are giving money, public funds to the clubs until this pandemic is over. Every quarter we have 10 millions put aside for clubs and venues and in the last quarter 7 millions have been um, used by that and I will promise as long as I will be in charge and we the Greens as a progressive coalition the money will flow, we will support our clubs. Will it continue in the fourth and possibly fifth surges that they're talking about at this point? Yes, we, we, have a, uh, we have an election upcoming, so I can't make promises, but if the same parties are going into a coalition, and I dearly hope so, then we will continue funding. Well, as you mentioned, there's an election coming up. How much of a role do you think the club scene is playing in these upcoming elections? Well, you have some parties having election posters um, with um, pictures of clubs, like my own party, the Greens. Um, and it is for a big community. Closed clubs are a big problem. It's safe spaces missing, spaces where people can express themselves. And it's not just an economic problem, but a social and a cultural gap in the city. And it hurts. And a lot of people feel it. And I hope it's going to be be addressed more within the elections. I see it with the left party, the Green Party. I haven't heard anything from the Social Democrats or the Christian Democrats about this topic. And I hope really that the media and the people are asking, will you support our clubs after the elections? And they all have to make that promise. If I could ask you to be self-critical for a moment, is there anything you could have done differently or better for the clubs, you think? Certainly, when, when the... Um, Five years ago, we were talking about noise. We had this noise reduction fund, gave money to it. But the big problem is really the crowding out of these spaces of the clubs from the inner cities. And we should have done more from the beginning to secure these spaces. Gentrification is so hard. I mean, most of it is regulation on the federal level and we need changes there. But that's something we should have jumped in politically earlier, not just two or three years ago. The pandemic is in fact spurring gentrification in some cases, as Common Ground senior producer Dina El-Sayed reports. For many years, a new club in Friedrichshain was a hub for Berlin's rock, metal and gothic scene. At first, it looked like the three-story club might survive the coronavirus pandemic. It was actually funny because I'd had a few drinks and I was getting really kind of passionate and I was just so happy to be back in Nuke. 
Longtime Nuke fan Lauren Baker says she and her boyfriend were lucky to find two tickets to Nuke's comeback event. And I was saying to my boyfriend, you know, this is the reason why I moved to Berlin. This vibe, this atmosphere, this energy, you know, being able to be in this place where so many people from different walks of life can come here and enjoy music and come together. But the good times were short-lived. And so must I today the club managers shocked Lauren and other club goers with an announcement that Nuke was closing. Um, the owners were really emotional, really upset, and they basically told us that they'd been given six weeks and that they had to leave the premises after that. Lauren says it was like a dagger through her heart. For me, it was just like Wonderland. I was just completely entranced. and. I have so many good memories here. A lot of people I know have really good memories here and we want it to stay that way. But it can't. On July 17th, Nuke held their last party. El Sayed also spoke with the club manager. This was Nuke Club's final party. The crowd donned black attire, which on that night was about mourning as much as it was about goth. A few hours later, club manager Tino Zadar began packing up. He had two weeks to vacate the premises. I spoke to Tino before the deadline. Tino says that his landlord, as Emo Germany, choosing not to renew the lease came as a surprise. Its feedback was always positive. He says that while the pandemic presented hardships, New could have survived them given public support. Tino says a change.org petition calling for a delay to the end of the lease failed to change the landlord's mind. Not that the club's supporters weren't trying. By the end of July, more than 15,000 people had signed the petition. Media attention followed, as did supportive responses from politicians, including Berlin Senator for Culture in Europe Klaus Lederer. He hopes this support will help Nuuk find a new location soon. This is... Tino held back tears as he thanked Nuke's longtime fans. He says the club always felt more like someone's living room than a music venue. DJs in Berlin were also having a rough time, given that dancing and parties were banned for months on end. They flocked to a project called United We Stream. Co-founder Robin Schellenberg explains... Uh, United Stream is a solidary answer to the corona pandemic. We founded um, in the United uh, in the Club Commission's task force in March 2020 uh, our digital stage and tried to unite the club culture and all the people there and uh, started a fundraiser. And um, we fundraised around 2 million euro in donations. So would you say this virtual project was a success? I think so, yes. For me, it was like really a solidary answer to the pandemic. And um, we tried to roll it out in more than 90 cities. And for me, it was really interesting to see how the pandemic hit the club culture uh, all over the world because it was like really different situations. And we had the chance to give more than 2000 artists the stage in those crazy times. And I think it for me, it feels like there was like a movement coming together and people were like really doing stuff together and more open than it was before. And it was kind of a uh, possibility to gain visibility for a fragile scene in this moment. 
So do you think it's a model for the future or something we've reserved for pandemics every hundred years? Yeah, that's a question. It's not uh, either or. It's uh, for, for us, it was never like kind of a replacement or something. Um, for us, it was really important to reach this visibility for the scene because we got closed and um, most of the locations were like almost um, like done because we needed funding and we needed money. Um, and of course, uh, it's like really important also for us to give the people in the world an idea of how we do clubbing in Berlin with all those core values and stuff, this inclusive situations. We try to give um, exposure to LGBTQIA um, uh, scenes and BIPOC and also gender equal bookings and such. And I hope that we already made a little impact for, impact for that. So were there any things that fans liked better about United We Stream or experiencing this virtually than a live performance or a live club scene? Wow, that's that's a good question. Um, I think it's not it's not that you say like this is the better thing. It's like just a different kind of how you can evolve club music in digital rooms because it was quite new. And for example, like Burning Man tried to do some metaverse experience. So I think it's like really a catalyzator for this technologic um, approach to music. But in the end, it was never the idea like to make clubs obsolete. So for the example, there's like a project which is called Live Life, who wants um, to try to bring real life, uh, real life events in a hybrid format also to the internet. And they tried it now with the Wurzel Festival, for example, where you can be as a guest in live, but also you can visit it through the internet. So I think it's just an addition for the scene and maybe like a special tool for the future. So what did DJs have to say about how the pandemic affected them? First up were romantic partners Gesine Kühne and Jakob Mandler, better known as Wanna Do Something. We had a time where like the inspiration kind of went us to um, um, put us in other directions and put us, I think, a little bit more together. And I, I, yeah, we, we've been spending lots of time in my apartment doing on, music. Yeah, on my personal dance floor, which is the living room. So we listened to so much music, we danced to so much music, we played a lot of music, which actually made us as a very young duo because we we just playing together started like two and a half years ago as a young duo. Um, it put us in the right place with amazing um, inspiration and knowledge because we've been practicing like crazy. <laughs> yeah, I bet. There's certainly been a lot of time to practice. Gazina, I also wanted to ask you about the me Too movement, which is something you've written eloquently about as a journalist. Mm -hmm. So tell me, has it gotten better or worse for women DJs during the pandemic? Oh, this is uh, such a very hard question to answer. And you're going to answer it in 30 seconds. Oh, the thing is, um, women do have it a, a bit more difficult or other groups as well, like the gay group, you know, trans people and so on. It's a very cis, male, white, um, influenced business and that sucks. And um, at least we are there and, and the pandemic gave us the time to fight and to uh, create some awareness for it, like with the Instagram page, I am a DJ, which is super, just saying I'm a DJ, not a DJ. It starts with that simple little thing. We're not DJs, we're DJs, you know, and and just having that time and having the time to talk to people, to educate them. That was a very good start. So that pandemic was worth it for that, at least. <laughs> I 
I later spoke with DJ Nicola of Sunshine Live and asked him whether he thought Berlin could recover. I hope so, because I think at one point we have to go back to a state where we can get together without masks and whatever. And I just had a discussion the other day, would you go into a club if you have to wear a mask? And I said, no, I wouldn't, because for me, a very important part is to get to know other people, to see their expressions and to make a connection with people that's actually not possible with masks. I think it will get back to that stage where it can be truly free and and make incredible connections with people in the club but it's just uh it's a matter of time. I have no idea when this is going to happen. No, absolutely. Um, as a consumer of clubs and as a DJ, how do you think officials and others linked to the Berlin club scene have dealt with the pandemic? I mean, have they provided a roadmap for the clubs to come back? Oh, that's a difficult question because I would have to imagine myself in that position of someone who's in charge. And I think I will not like to be in charge because you can only make mistakes. But on the other hand, no, there is no clear roadmap. I would I would like to have a roadmap if A, B, if A happens, B is going to happen. But for now, we don't have any idea when will Clubs Inside will be open to uh, again. This year, next year, no idea. So there's no real roadmap or something. Later, Argentinian DJ Sagan joined me in the studio. I asked her about the differences between her country and Germany's club scene. I think here is more open-minded for sure. Um, when I was living in Argentina, for me, it was very hard to find the right place where I could show my art. Um, so yeah, I think that's the biggest difference. But I have to say that um, coming from Argentina, it's, it's also, um, it makes me be more creative because we live in constant crisis. So we are super creative um, when we have to um, make parties out of nowhere with nothing almost. So that's something that I really like. like. We are more creative, let's say. Speaking of crisis, of course, we've had one for 18 months with the pandemic. How has that affected your ability to DJ? Mm, I think it was positive in my in, in really? my case. Yeah, 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 because I had more time to dig into music. I got into uh, mixing vinyls, collecting. So for me, it was positive. I mean, I always try to take the positive out of every situation. So, yeah, I mean, of course, it was challenging, hard, but I really rather um, stay with the positive thing. Common Ground Special with your host, Soraya Saradi Nelson. We'll be back shortly with more on Berlin's iconic nightlife. Stay tuned to Common Ground. Hi everyone, I'm Maurice Frank, editor of the Berliner Zeitung English Edition, which is a proud partner of Common Ground. Is it hard for you to figure out what's going on in Berlin because everything you read or hear is in German? We at Berliner Zeitung English Edition can help, providing you with all the news you can use in English, whether on politics, business or culture. We also offer riveting interviews and commentary. Look for us at berliner-zei. Tung.de/en, or just type in Berliner Zeitung English Edition into your search engine. I look forward to seeing you there. 
I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson, the host of Common Ground. And I'm Dina El Sayed, the senior producer. Each week, we bring you a new lively discussion on a hard hitting topic. If you want to learn more about our podcast, check out our website at commongroundberlin.com. The episodes are free to download, but they aren't free to create. Common Ground depends on grants as well as donations from listeners like you. So if you want to help us out, please click on the donate button at commongroundberlin.com. And thanks for listening. Democracy. I'm Rachel Tausenfreund, one of the hosts of the German Marshall Fund's podcast, Out of Order. Join our conversations with leaders and experts on what the dark side of tech does to democracy, how the pandemic shapes geopolitics, and other topics of global order and disorder. You can find our episodes and miniseries at gmfus.org or wherever you find your podcasts. We are the German Marshall Fund of the United States, strengthening transatlantic cooperation since 1972. Welcome back to Common Ground. I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson, and we are talking about whether Berlin can once again become the, quote, capital of cool, given what the pandemic has done to the city's nightlife. Senior producer Dina El Sayed spoke with the manager of some clubs that are trying to make a comeback. Rémi Le Tournel manages Marie Antoinette, one of the two sister clubs located under the Janowitzbrücke S-Bahn station. In normal times, you'd hear the beat through the steel doors. Now, it's just the train passing by. Remy says that when the club went silent in March 2020, it was the worst time of his professional life. So for us, it was kind of like if we stop one weekend, two weekends, three weekends, like this could be the end of it. And um, and it's still a bit the case. Like we're not closing down, but a fourth lockdown could be could be really tough. Like really, really tough. The club's being only partially open now is still making it hard for his team to make ends meet. Right now, they're only allowed 45 attendees per concert. In normal times, they would easily triple that number. It's worth doing it because it's super nice after a year having no gigs here or more than that. It was, it was so satisfying to see finally people and people playing on stage, people watching the gig and even for rock shows, which is the weirdest thing to be on the seat for a rock concert. Marie Antoinette may not have the packed dance floor it once had, but Remy hopes Berlin clubs like his will bounce back. I think it's just the, the perfect time for people to keep supporting their scene. I'm always um, surprised to see how the people with the least money, with the less amount of money, are the most supportive ones. The other club Remy Letonel manages has an advantage that could help it recover faster, El Sayed says. What used to be a back alley under Berlin's Janowitzbrücke is now a makeshift outdoor dance floor. Remy Letonel says that his club, Fitzroy, was always an indoor venue, a winter club where business thrived in colder months. So when Berlin's clubs with outdoor areas were allowed to open after more than a year of closure, he decided to improvise. This is my outside area, which is not an official one completely, but quite okay. It's part of the club. Inside Fitzroy, the space is very neat. Remy says that his team had renovated most of the interior right before the pandemic. They've hardly been able to use it. So I'm really hoping we can party again in winter to make a good use of the clock room, finally. Um, this is my little streaming office um, booth where I edit the videos. Uh, where I also film the things and um, work and mix the audio of the live sessions and the streaming versions. This is the DJ booth where the party happens. 
when it can happen. In pre-pandemic times, a dance floor like this would accommodate a couple hundred people on a busy night. These days, Remy and his team are lucky if the rules allow them to fill the club with a quarter as many. How Remy and his team will readapt the space yet again as the temperatures drop and the infection rates rise remains to be seen. Common Ground Special on Sunshine Life. Restart. How Berlin's club scene is coming back to life. Berlin's club commission was a little bit harder to pin down for our special, but one of its founders, Mark Wohlrabe, ducked out of his son's birthday party to join me on the phone. You would be surprised where I am. I am somewhere in Brandenburg in front of a large uh, fun bath, and uh, six boys are waiting for me now. They are hungry, they want ice cream, and we had uh, <laughs> a very nice uh, uh, birthday here. So. Okay, so we will keep it short so you can get back to the partying. Um, let me <laughs> no ask problem. you, let me ask you about what's happening with clubs in Berlin and beyond and whether at this point a year and a half after the pandemic whether you expected it to be like it is now or is this different than what you expected I would say uh, we're all sitting together in one boat all over Germany or maybe yeah nearly everywhere in Germany we are waiting to get reopened uh, as you maybe know or heard we had some tests uh, how it would work with, uh, you know, uh, to be vaccinated. How do you say that in English? Geimpft? Vaccinated? Vaccinated, correct, yes. Vaccinated or, you know, tested and all that stuff. So now that's my personal view. And I'm a member of the board of our uh, German club organization, Livecom. I would say we should start quite quickly now with people who have been vaccinated or who, uh, uh, who had uh, COVID and who are healthy now. So that is even not 3G, only 2G, because testing even is too complicated, too too expensive. Just to get the clubs reopened, to get some of the people back into business, and then let's see what the winter uh, brings, and uh, hopefully then all the others who, are, who don't want to be vaccinated or for what kind of reason, which I don't understand, uh, that they maybe can also get into the clubs later, maybe after winter. When uh, autumn comes, uh, um, when spring comes back, I don't know. Well, you've talked about the pandemic, though, as something that we have to learn to live with, like the flu. You said this some months ago. Do you still do you still feel that way? Yeah, I would say it goes in that direction. I mean, (laughs) I have read and heard uh, and I know people who died on Corona. They have been older than maybe the majority of the listeners now online or um, but um, so I don't think that it's just the flu. So we know people die on COVID. So everyone has to be, uh, it's your responsibility at a certain point uh, if you don't want to be vaccinated for what kind of reason and if you want to get through. I, have, I just have seen videos from the United States where people were saying, I was so stupid. I didn't want to get vaccinated. Now I'm in the hospital. And I don't know if I'm getting out here. But everyone has to know by uh, herself and himself. And yes, you have to live it. We have to live with it at a certain point. So you helped found the Berlin Club Commission. How do you feel that the commission has done in handling the situation with the clubs? Because the clubs are suffering. I think we had a very good, uh, we made a very good job to help uh, the Berlin clubs, but also the gen- in general, the, 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 uh, the clubs of Germany um, to uh, get money, uh, or to, to raise money from our authorities to help the clubs to survive that time. 
to have a basic income, which was quite complicated. Uh, we heard a lot of very bureaucratic ways, but finally, we really had very, very little bankruptcies of club culture clubs. I'm not talking about discotheques and alcohol-driven bars. That's another kind of nightlife. That's not what we do on Club Commission and Livecom. I'm talking about culture, uh, club culture and uh, council booking clubs. So uh, we could save nearly everyone till now. Well, so do you think that Berlin's iconic nightlife is going to survive this pandemic? Yes, I think so. It will be uh, take a little bit time. And I'm not sure if all uh, the majority of, you know, the whole number what we had before COVID, they will still exist. Because I think it's certain the big question is not only what comes post pandemic with uh, uh, the disease, but what happens with the tourism? I mean, uh, now we are coming to an interesting point because Berlin nightlife related in the last years by income and also for the club culture, uh, for clubs, a lot of tourists. And the question is how many tourists will come back and which clubs maybe will have difficulties when they don't have the big lines anymore. And I'm not talking about Darkhine or KitKat. I think these kind of clubs, they will survive definitely because they have so many fans in Berlin and Brandenburg, all over Germany and international. I'm talking maybe the second row clubs, uh, which it was enough for everyone because some clubs always said no to people. So they went to another club. But if they are more... Uh, not that high number of people anymore. Maybe they get in the clubs, the best clubs now, and then they are missing on the second row clubs. This might happen. We will see. We're on the phone with Berlin Club Commission founder Mark Wohlrabe. Thank you so much for coming yep. on Sunshine Live. Well, my pleasure. Bye. Common Ground Special on Sunshine Live. Restart. How Berlin's club scene is coming back to life. My last interview of the night was with Berlin Club Commissioner Katharin Arendt, who heads the group's Awareness and Diversity Department. I asked her what Berlin's club scene will look like in the future. That's a very good question. Um, and I mean, we are trying to explore this uh, within the Club Commission. And I think the project, the Day of Club Culture, is one part of it. Uh, especially this year, we have the focus, we are able to award 40 clubs and collectives of the Berlin scene with each um, 10,000 euros. And the focus of this project or this award will be the concepts, the clubs and collectives developed uh, in order to yeah, overcome the pandemic, to live through the pandemic. And uh, besides this, what kind of visions they created for the future. So we are actually very curious let me ask you what it's been like to work with Berlin politicians on protecting the club scene from the worst of the pandemic. Do you think that most of the politicians here in Berlin recognize the importance of the club scene to Berlin's identity, especially since it brings in about one and a half billion euros a year in business? Mm, I think there has been a huge shift uh, when we look at um, politicians and how they look at club culture. I mean, we had kind of a major um, success in the beginning of this year as now even politicians are considering club culture as part of culture. So finally, we are seen as what we always have been, uh, a part of the real culture. So I guess this changed. And 
as well, like coming from a club commission perspective, we could see that the work we are doing, like doing the connection between the club culture scene and um, the politics um, is super necessary in order to, yeah, create like a structural framework in the very existential crisis of the scene. Let me ask yeah. you if you think whether UNESCO heritage would help. I mean, obviously, it's something that's being pursued. Uh, is that designation or work to get that designation still happening? And will that help? I mean, that's something, it's a complex question. And I'm not sure if this is two different things. Like, we are working on kind of enabling club culture uh, to happen in real life and still exist. And I think uh, the perspective, the UNESCO thing is, um, yeah, having is more like preserving or kind of to, yeah, conserve something. That so more like a historical, historical, exactly. right, right. So uh, that's just not the approach we have. It's just something different. Well. Let me ask you one last question here, and that is, what can listeners to this program do to help the club scene in Berlin? First of all, right now, how they, we can really help is following the hygiene measurements that we need to follow. Um, I think it's essential that um, people wear masks, that uh, people get tested when they go somewhere else, that they take care of each other and that they are still yeah, kind of responsible right now because this is really important in order to save the image of the club scene and to not just yeah become again uh, stigmatized as the corona um, super spreader events. So I think this is like really short notice something people can do, uh, being responsible. And on the other hand, yeah, paying money for going out, donations, and raising awareness. Well, I think that's great great advice from Katrin Arendt of the Berlin Club Commission. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. You're very welcome. Common Ground Special with your host, Soraya Saradi-Nelson. Those were some of the highlights from our on-air special with Radio Sunshine Live. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Sunshine Live for partnering with us. I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson, and our senior producer is Dina El Sayed. Common Ground is made possible through a grant administered by the German Ministry for Economic Affairs and Energy. Thank you also to our partners, Berliner Zeitung English Edition and the German Marshall Fund of the United States. You can download all of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts. If you are an Apple, we'd love for you to write a review on Common Ground. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. And be sure to check out our website, commongroundberlin.com.